see, young America, we need to talk. You may think this is uncool, you may even think it is bogus, but I want to tell you about something that has everyone buzzing, something that concerns mature boys and girls just like you, something called grassroots. Simon. Oh, she talks. She's got a fucking voice. <laughs> Are you done preparing? Oh, yes. Oh, she's done now. Great. You're fucking up the intro. Oh, my bad. Have a blast. <laughs> and I'm Brandon Killer BH Hall. And clearly, you can hear our guest for this evening. I don't, can you hear me? The sound in this bitch. <laughs> oh, my God. Mic check one, two. All right. We can hear me. Can you introduce yourself? Hi, man, I'm, sir? I'm, I'm Joe. You know me because all the other interviews have been my friends. It's been Parks and Ice and. <laughs> Fucking who else is Royce? <laughs> so I'm I'm next in the friend in the group chat. Here we are. <laughs> you are my group chat. Yeah, yeah. this guy's podcasting his group chat. Bro. I don't understand. How do you feel about that? You're fucking. Just, I don't know what you guys are doing, man. <laughs> I, I it's funny. Now let me tell you why it's funny. Because Parks is a character, Ice is a character. All of y'all are characters in your own rights. Y'all just don't have talent. <laughs> <laughs> so now that we're in this era where you don't have to have talent yeah I'm fucking all for it <laughs> fucking asshole <laughs> and Parks I'm sorry because you do have talent I was more, more so talking about ice <laughs> alright man so I mean let's get into it um, uh oh she's got her phone out her questions <laughs> her grand preparation <laughs> are you done no we can have a good time all right. So, um, for those that don't know who you, you can't are, interview me because we're friends. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm really not. I'm gonna ask some of the more uh, different questions. Uh, right. Aaron actually will be ask, asking a lot of the questions. Good luck here. to her. <laughs> I am gonna start off though. So, um, for those that don't know you, pause. Uh, <laughs> All right. My bad. Just let me know. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. For those that don't know you, uh, who is Joe Budden? Brandon. I got to ask. Come on with this. What? Not what from an you? artist standpoint or uh, a yeah, media please, standpoint. Please. From like a who are you as a person. Like strip everything down. If there's no music, if there's no everyday struggle, who's Joe Budden? Joe Budden. Joe is many things. Oh, my God. <laughs> right, guy. Why are they hating on my interview? Who is Joe? You know, you could probably answer this better than me. Joe is rebellious. I'll just name some traits. Joe is destructive. Joe is uh, ma uh, maniacal at times. Uh, radical, a bit of an extremist. Yeah, I sound like a terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> radical and extremist. But uh, Joe is a thinker. Joe, Joe lives in thought. That's Johnny's favorite word, theory. Everything's in theory. In theory, I can get it done. <laughs> get the fuck out of here, Johnny. All right. So now that we've gotten that out the way... Um, now realizing that uh, as you've grown in... Uh, I haven't know, grown. 
you have I'm, grown. I'm still pretty immature. Well, that's true. Um, but you've grown a little bit, I will All say. Right. Uh, we, we we see growth. Yeah, pause. Jesus. Um, we've seen <laughs> growth. Crazy. What the fuck? <laughs> You've grown a little bit. All right. All right. All right. Settle there. Growth. Okay. I'll let you, let right. me know when you're done. <laughs> I'm done. Um, but no, seriously, as you've uh, grown, uh, you know, obviously from music aspect to now media. To the king. <laughs> oh. I shouldn't do interviews with my friends. And I can't, that's lying because I'm like this at work too. Oh my God. Yeah. Nadesco the other day said, I hate working with you. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Nadesco, man. <laughs> you make everyone in here sick. We all have to wear good eggshells. Quit. <laughs> Quit. Quit. That's Quit. what you said. Well, ha- it's got to be fun doing that show. It seems like you guys have a, a great chemistry. Uh, we have fun doing the show. The mm-hmm. show is fun, hip hop is fun. Yeah. So talking about hip hop is fun. I enjoy act, I enjoy Nadesco. That's great. The politics, like with anything else, mm-hmm. gets a little maddening at times. But outside of that, doing the show, I love it. Yeah. Politics from what, a media standpoint or from like when the guests come on? Uh, probably both. Politics when the guests come, uh, keeping the objective of the show in line with Complex's objective, with my objective. Can't have too many chefs in the kitchen. So politics... When the guests come, politics, behind the scenes, a lot of corporate politics. This is my first time with a job, so I'm just observing. It's like college for me. I'm having a blast. <laughs> now, how are you adjusting to that, though? Because this is your first job since, like, High 97. So, I mean, uh, you, you've kind of had your run-ins with different artists and things like that where you've expressed how you feel or just the dismay or whatever the case may be. How does that feel now having to interview them or actually care about their craft and, and get to know them in a sense when you're kind of put in these situations where Complex will uh, recommend certain guests or uh, you have to do uh, red carpet events, things of that nature? Uh, I don't feel like I have to care about their craft. I think that's that's where I'm at with it. I try not to interview people that I'm not interested in or that I'm not passionate about or or that I'm not a fan of even. I don't want to just do it for the sake of doing it ever. So I'm going to always say no when you bring up all these fuckity fuckhead names. Like, I'm not doing it just for the sake of doing it. I'm not doing that. Is it ever hard when you bring someone up that you're cool with and your the other host, DJ Academics, have might have previously posted something negatively about them. Like, what's what's the balance? Because it's like you're friends with them, but then also you're now media. Well, I'm not friends with many people, so I'm not gonna run into that issue a lot. Um, and I'm not I'm not sure about who Ak has dissed or hasn't dissed, but for the most part, he's not trying to hurt anybody's feelings either. So, mm-hmm. him and I are not gonna have. Uh, common enemies or I'm not going to be cool with somebody that's going to have an issue with with him. Niggas, it's adults. It kind of seems like you have taken him under your wing in a sense. Like, it, it, um, during the episodes, as I watch, because, you know, we all watch it, um, it kind of feels like you coach him in a sense. Like, you're always kind of saying, see, I try to tell Act these things, but he just don't listen. Or, or, or in pre-production, you're always trying to coach him to look at things objectively. Do you feel like um, you're kind of obligated or you kind of want to take that responsibility on just because you see something in them? Obligated, no. But for the sake of the show, if I care about the content on the show, then, yeah, I got to have some interest in that. Ak is uh, wide-eyed. 
It's his first time meeting a lot of these people. He's fans of a lot of these people. Mm-hmm. It's difficult to curve your your fan fear sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I try to explain that to him. I try to help with him. But he's intuitive. He's extremely perceptive. Like, he'll get it on his own. But we on the same show. So, I mean, you kind of say something to him that's saying something to me. Somebody has to protect the integrity of the show. That's going to be me. Mm-hmm. Well, it seems like you do that a lot, which is good. Um, now, when you do have these run-ins and when they start to happen and you kind of feel like you have to be the protective guy, um, does it ever cause a, a major conflict with Complex where you're saying now, okay, listen, uh, my co-hosts are being disrespected. I'm not going to tolerate being disrespected. Um, where where do we draw the line here? Like, wh- wh- do, you, do you guys have those types of conversations? No, we draw the line in December when it's time to renegotiate. Okay. That, that's when I drew the line. I'm okay. not wasting my breath arguing people in there. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I get that. No, no, no arguments from Joe. Do what you want. Have a blast. You want to interview MC Suckerface? Bring him on through. <laughs> Let's talk to him. Yeah, I get it. Um, so when what are, what are your options now? Like, what are you looking to do beyond, uh, I guess, everyday struggle? Create. 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 Everyday struggle is a creation of mine. Mm-hmm. It's just a creation. Slaughterhouse was a creation. Fucking Joe Budden TV was a creation. I'm just looking to create. Mm-hmm. Now, now that there's so much more free time, I won't say free, but more time to create uh, in mediums outside of music, I'd like to explore that, especially before I clock out. So I got a million things I'm trying to work on. I got a slate full of shows. I got another slate full of ideas. I just said the other day, I can't wait for next year so people could see how hard I worked this year in 2017 because all of these projects are taking so much time. But I'm excited about every one of them. Mm-hmm. Now you said that you're creating outside of music. Is there a specific reason? Is because the, the money bag isn't the same in music as it was before or you just want to pursue other things because you've been in music for a very long time? Both. Uh, the money is not the same in music. I think everybody's coming around to that. Shit, I think even Jimmy is doing interviews from Apple saying we don't have it together yet. We're still trying to get it together. So you couple that with me being on the back nine, you know, you want to, as a creator, you want to do some different things. And in music, I felt like if I were to continue just at the same rate, I could have predicted my next 10 years. Like without actually having to live them, the ceiling wasn't that high. What that wasn't fun. That didn't that didn't sound exciting to me. Mm-hmm. This is way more fun. Talking about niggas. <laughs> <laughs> I wish niggas would have told me I could have did this ages ago. Fuck all these niggas. It does feel like you're free. Oh, like, I am free. I, I really don't even know why they gave you this power. To be oh honest, out of all people, you. They decided to give this power to. I don't, the other, I just, the I don't other day, it. I got a hotel in the city just to have meetings with all of the rappers that are calling me and DMing me to have business meetings. They just want to talk. Some of these people need help in their business. Some of these people are without a clue, without a team. So it's just real interesting that you know the conversations that I've always wanted to have, the show has kept help to kind of uh introduce to people who weren't having them even act when i when i even when i watched the friday shows he'd be sitting there talking about all this industry shit he the last nigga that would be talking about this stuff 
Mm-hmm. I mean, the act that I met when I took the job. Yeah. So the fact that these conversations are taking place is great. The fact that other artists are wanting to get information and wanting to ask for help and putting their pride and ego to the side, that's great. Uh, if that fad can continue, the shit, my job is done. Yeah. So what's like their main talking point that you, you've noticed is becoming like a trend when they come into you? Uh, consulting. Most of them are asking me for consultation uh, with their label, mostly. Now, that's interesting. And the reason I say that, I mean, um, we were talking on the way up. It's almost like throughout your career, you've uh, attempted career suicide with battling uh, 50 Cent, uh, Drake, uh, then all of G-Unit, then, you know, just multiple artists, yet it, it hasn't really uh, detoured you, uh, or detoured, however that's pronounced, but it hasn't really uh, stopped from stopped you from where you are now, and now it seems like uh, it's kind of helped you in a sense. How, how do you think you were able to survive all of that when you really think about it? Uh, in the moment, I would never be able to tell you. That was would be all God. In hindsight, I'm always real grateful that even through the turmoil, I was true to myself. Today, a lot of the opportunities that I'm that I'm afforded and a lot of the relationships that I have in doing business today. Because it's funny, all of the content business I do today, I meet a lot of people that I met in music, like at Def Jam and wherever. So I tell Ian all the time, I'm so happy that I'm working with people who kind of have a good feel of who I am. Mm-hmm. And then I never held held back bars. You just I just gave it all. I just gave it all. So people know who I am. The fans know who I am. Mm-hmm. Uh my peers, my co-hosts, my friends, my group mates, mm-hmm. Paul, label people, they all know who I am. They know I'm gonna shoot it straight. I think there's value in that. Especially if you're an artist who don't who don't get truth uh much of the time. Mm-hmm. Especially for an artist who probably lives in in self-doubt, surrounds himself by with yes men. The label has their own agenda. And you watching a nigga on on the show every day that's just keeping the buck and, and basically giving out free A and R and consultation advice, mm-hmm. you should want to mm-hmm. hit the nigga. Yeah. If you yeah. think he's making sense. Mm-hmm. I would. So do you feel like like I, I spoke with Twista about this because you know once upon a time when just that came out, they were like, oh, who's this guy rapping really fast? This is weird. But now, looking at hindsight, it's like there's a period of time where rappers before, people looked at them poorly, and then now they're, I guess, known and, and big, and people appreciate them. Do you feel like the old school fans are being a little bit of hypocrites when it comes to some of the artists now that are being expressive, being who they want to be, who are, you know, building their own labels that are being attached to bigger labels? The answer is yes. Yes. Many of them are being hypocritical. Now, why do you think that is? And and I say that because while you Humans are hypocritical. Humans love to be hypocritical. Humans love to not put themselves in other people's shoes, human mm-hmm. love, humans love. To ju- a lot of people, you know what, the times have changed. So when we compare generations, a lot of people don't take into account all the things that have changed with the times. Mm-hmm. So that that probably is one of the reasons that that is happening. Well, that was going to be my point. It, it seems like, um, I, and I, I've never really understood it, but I hear you say to yourself a lot that you're the old nigga, right? 
But then you have uh, a younger generation that are, you know, younger than myself and you that watch Everyday Struggle and put you in the new generation, in a sense. Like, you're kind of trending the same way the Yadis of the world, the Uzis of the world, because of what you're doing from a media aspect. Why do you choose to really take the old stance when you're really not that old? You're still in your 30s. I'm, I'm old by my ideologies. I'm old by uh, some of my views, my perspectives. Uh, I'm old in the soul. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm 37. Yeah, I can name a bunch of rappers that are older than me that act like little fucking fuckheads. And I guess my position is not to come off as some elder statesman. It's only to give to pass off information. Mm-hmm. It's only to give give knowledge that shit I wish somebody would have given me. I guess when you do that, you come off old. Oh, and because I just shoot straight now, like a lot of shit that the kids are doing. Mm-hmm. But that gets fucking tossed around a lot because there's a lot of new niggas I like. It's yeah, I don't really, think you got enough credit for that though, because you do a, often, like a lot yeah, of yeah you do often preach that you do listen to a lot of rappers when you're turned on to them and and when they're on your radar. Yeah, definitely and, during the evaluation time, the song evaluations you guys do on Everyday Struggle. Too. Yeah, yeah, and even and even on your uh, your podcast, you often do display new artists, be it R and B or hip hop acts that you guys you know put on a platform. So I never understand why. Uh, I guess the, the the listeners or fans they normally uh, don't even give that any uh, because they're not they're not digging deep into the psychology of why shit is being said. They're just mm-hmm. looking at it, oh he's saying that's trash. Fuck it, he's trash. He's a hater. He's old. You hating on niggas that's popping? No niggas could just be popping and trash. Yeah, you I think mean, that's, that's probably fine. like the biggest that's, misconception that's for you? Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Do you, do you think that's like your biggest, the biggest misconception that Joe Budden is just the biggest fucking hater? He's disgruntled. And you play into it a little bit at times. I, I like it. <laughs> I like playing into it. But why? Because I like to instigate and provoke and agitate. You I like, like to play to the pick devil's at advocate. Things. Okay. I love that. Mm-hmm. I like to challenge things. I like to challenge traditional thought. Okay. That's what I like that to do. That makes sense. Even if even if I agree with what you're saying, I'm gonna challenge it. Let's exercise our brains. Mm-hmm. Let's let's speculate some. Let's just think. And it's fun for me to do in hip hop because I know most of the people. So like, even though I operate from outside of music, mm-hmm. I operate parallel to it, or ahead of it anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when when now when you're doing this because obviously you ruffle feathers you you've made uh you know quite a name for yourself both hip hop rapping and media and like you're saying a lot of rappers and artists and maybe label execs they're now coming to you like Joe we need some advice we just want to talk do you now uh try to curb it somewhat uh, nope. somewhat considering Ow. you know you're, you're you're ruffling feathers at times not curving shit we getting to it. Shit, a lot of the shit I say on there, some of it is a little filtered just because my brain is retarded. Uh-huh. But other than that, no, we're not curving things. We are shooting straight, straight from the hip. Truth truth, and honesty. I get mad when niggas come on on the set of my show and they bring a little publicist and all that. Get your little publicist out of here. Mm-hmm. We ain't got time for all that. We don't care what she got to say. And I don't do nothing but ignore whatever the publicists say when they come in there. <laughs> I'm asking what the fuck I want to ask. I'm, I'm sorry. 
Yeah, you, you seem like you got a little uh, agitated your last episode. <laughs> <laughs> Bum ass Ray J. <laughs> That's my nigga too, but fuck that. He will yeah, that never was, be interviewed again on that set. That was interesting. Yeah, it was boring. <laughs> so question, now that you're on the media side, people say that music websites, music entities, they have more of a bandwagon effect. Like they aren't going to be the ones that's setting the trends. They want to go along with whoever says something's hot. Do you feel like that's the case now? As someone who's a rapper before and now is in media? That, that's been the case. I've, I've been noticed that. Mute, the music business is reactionary. All of it. Nobody is ahead. Of, nobody is... Uh, nobody, it's not very many trendsetters and, and innovators. We're... Well, not we. Most people are reacting to what is hot. What other people are saying is cool. The cool kids are reactionary. I mean, look at Bodak Yellow. It's a great song. It's a great yeah. song. Great song, great song, great song. But you're seeing the music business in full effect. You're seeing people being reactionary in full effect. People just responding to other people responding. That's been the case for a while. So now when you but when you think about the current state of hip hop and, and just music in itself, is that partly the reason why you stopped uh, making music? Because, I mean, as of right now, you've been going on this uh, parade as that you're retired, that mm -hmm. you're done. Um, is that part of the reason why? Because you just kind of feel like you've outgrown it or do you feel like it's not a challenge anymore? Or? It's, it's not challenging. Well, not for me, but I would never say I, I've outgrown it. Just the times have changed a bit and you have to recognize that and be able to rebrand and rejuvenate, refresh. You need to re- Everything. So, I mean, when you step back and you think about music, you know, and I said this before and I caught a lot of flack to it, but low quality music is in. When I say low quality, I mean very easy to produce. So we can get two projects, three projects, four projects a year. Mm -hmm. For people that rap, I mean, y'all spoke to Royce. I don't know what he said, but for people that rap, you're not doing that. Yeah. You're not putting three, four, five projects. It takes you a little bit to pen. So people are contenting quickly. You have to be able to keep up somehow or you're going to get drowned out. Yeah. For me, media said new content daily that you can still manipulate being an artist in because a lot of times, shit, I'm the talent and the media. Yeah. Well, you obviously gain a lot of wisdom. So what would you give your former self in, t in terms of like, what not to do? Like, what would you tell your former self? Because you've been through a lot. If you could change certain things, if you could change the direction or course of any actions or your career, anything like that, like, what would you tell your former self not to do based on what you know now? I would tell my former self to stop. Period. I don't know. I don't know in what facet it would be applicable. But in my 20s, I just went. I would just go, whether the idea was good or bad, whether I was destroying something or adding something, adding value somewhere, I would just go, not very much thought, not very much planning, working backwards, not working smarter at all. So today that's very, very different. So if I could talk to him, I would say, stop, chill, 
Relax. Let that nigga see go flow. I know. You can't believe it. You don't even know about that, but whatever. I knew he was going that route. <laughs> so, I mean, um, let's talk baby talk first. Uh, congratulations. Yes. Thank you. That Thank is you. in order. Um, you, when is you're, yours going to be in order? You, what, my baby? Show, baby? I don't know. Getting old. I, was, I, I know. I know. Getting old. Once I have to not do traveling podcasts, I can, I can start thinking about that. <laughs> uh, do you have children? Oh, no, I'm too young. How old are you? 25. Okay. All right. I, I can still dig got it. some time. All right. How do you know? What? In terms of what? That you still have time. Because I still have things I want to achieve in my career. I want to make sure I'm financially so you sound. De- so you decide how much time you have left? In terms of what having, a I don't baby. know. You just said you had. Well, yeah, time I mean, left. for me, for me personally, I just know that financially now, I personally cannot take care of a child. No, I understand that. My only point is, don't I thought God determined how much time you had. Yeah. No. He does. He picks and chooses. But what do I know? Personally, for me, I just not right now. So when? Whatever God says. Nice fuck. so (laughs) it seems like you and sin both are glowing ready Um, to rock yeah it seems like you guys are in a really good space which is 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 needed i think for her and you i think the the union is 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 beautiful um it's probably the happiest uh, all right don't i'm I'm being honest it's awesome of you yeah but it's 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 it's, uh it's good to see it it seems like it's this is the happiest space that you've been in in quite some time i agree um and i think that it's well deserved so i'm happy about it um round of applause round oh we don't have it we can add it in forget it (laughs) (laughs) we gotta get y'all some sound effects or something man we're trying to do things different. What the? F- We're trying to do things different, man. Our 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 platform is not with all of that shit. Not okay? with a, applause. No, we don't need the the, Y'all the, the had listeners. Seven guests. You don't want to applaud them. We've had ten guests. You're the tenth guest. I thought I was the seventh. No. Oh, God. Who the hell was the nine? We ain't got nine people in our group chat. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we're both really excited. The other day, I tried to stick my arm in there and get my baby my damn self. I'm ready for my oh, baby wait, to be. Uh, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> I tried to get the baby, man. Oh, so you, uh, I want my kid. So you decided to force it and, and not think about God's plan and just stick your arm in there and thought that that no, was... it didn't work. It didn't work. You don't say. I said, I'll chill. I'll wait to the hospital to do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we're both ready. We're both excited. We're both... We're buying baby shit. Mm-hmm. Looking at strollers, I'm gonna buy some really obnoxious stroller. More than likely, Mad I see that expensive and stupid for no reason. <laughs> Where'd you, you go- going? To, uh, you were getting a baby crib. I saw that on on your Instagram live, right? Yeah. Well, I was front for live. I didn't. I, didn't really <laughs> <buy that. laughs> I mean, I didn't really buy nothing that day, but I was looking at the shit. Yeah. And then I left. I wanted to get some more information about all these products. They have it's so much, so much more that they have for parents today. So I, I got to go research some of that shit. Yeah. So I mean, uh, so how does that impact your relationship now with your uh, oldest child, Trey's mom? This fucking guy. It don't. 
<laughs> what relation? Everything's fine. Okay. 37-year-old Joe got everything. Everybody's under control. Trey is cool. Mom is cool. Okay. Sin is cool. Uh, damn, it's two kids, two baby moms. Mm. I got to stay with Sin now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't get three. Can't, can't get three for three. That's crazy. 30 for 30. Yeah, that'll be real. That's a bad look. Oh, yeah. 30 for 30. 30 for yeah, 30. That would be a really, really bad look. That'll be like this. <laughs> it's not like some football player or whatever. He has like 12 kids with like oh, five, seven. Mad football mamas. players like that. Yeah. That's yeah. from Roddy. Somebody else has a whole bunch. One of them yeah. niggas on the Jets, I think. Now, do you think you're done producing uh, Offspring, or do you see Hell yourself? Hell no. Are you kidding me? You think I'm going to have just two sons? No. I'm shooting till I get a girl. You Hold on. You actually want a girl? Why would I not want a girl? A girl is who's going to take care of the niggas when we senior citizens and on our deathbed. Our son's going to be in the fucking club somewhere. I want my daughter by my deathbed taking care of me, making sure I'm buried correctly. Yes. Not no Trey. Shit. No shit. Not this one. Not Sin. Maybe Sin. But yeah, daughter. Is you want one too. Is it like a oh. minimum that you want though? Like three, four? No, no, no. I always said as long as I have uh, the income to provide for my family, then I'm fine. Okay. Well, that's good. Now, when you when you broke the news to your friends, family, um, your mom and your dad, because I know that they're huge focal points in your life. You 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 know you look up to them. You've written about them, dedicated songs to them. What were their first reactions about it? Both super happy. Mm -hmm. Mom was really really ecstatic. Uh, she loves loves sin. I love Miss Fair. Love her and I. Uh, Pop was excited too. Actually, every every day, damn near, he asked me how sin is doing and how the baby is doing. You know, I think they're at the age. For, I know, I know for my mom, uh, not being able to her and me and her both not really being able to be there to see everything with Trey. But this is like our first go round, so mm -hmm. I knew she would be excited that way. And Pop is just—he just loves kids. He yeah. got—he's busy with all it is. So, yeah, he's probably excited that I'm about to go through that again. <laughs> Was there anything that you're looking forward to do with your child now that you missed out with when it came to Trey? Uh, yeah, everything. Everything. Oh, let's see, all the fun shit. What's fun? Uh, first words you got to be there for. Uh, all the first birthdays. First I was, steps. I was. First what? First steps. First steps. I was there for Trey's first steps. Uh, all of the firsts. All, all of the first, seconds, and thirds, really just all of it. Having no time absent. Actually uh, investing in family. I'm excited for that. She's excited for that. Very exciting times. So, how you know? You ain't got no fucking kid. <laughs> I've seen. <laughs> I can observe. You know, one kid. Yeah, exciting. Whoa, 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 whoa. I did not say I didn't it's exciting, want. It's exciting, isn't not it? Right now. Not for me, but for y'all. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so, how does Trey feel about it? Because you and him have, have the bond, I think. Um, and I think a lot of Joe Button fans really appreciate that, too. Considering uh, musically what you guys have been through and what's been expressed and how the relationship has grown and you're able to be in his life and, and cultivate him and, and kind of help him, you know, be a man at this point. How does he feel now that he's going to have a little, a little brother? I think, uh, well, he loves kids. 
Trey oh, Lo- I didn't Trey know. Trey loves kids. Okay. Uh, he's got a little brother on his mom's side. Uh, shout out to TJ. Fucking up. But he loves kids. So, mm-hmm. well, I didn't even tell him. I, my father slipped, uh, slipped it out when it was supposed to be a secret. But he, he didn't care. Trey didn't care. He went, told his mom. She don't care. Like, they cool. That's good. He's excited. He, he wants wants a new brother. I have to monitor it, though, because I don't know. I wasn't there. Uh, I wasn't there when Trey was coming up. And I got to watch how Trey is looking at. You know what I mean? That's that's, that's where that's that's, that's that's back of the head dad shit. Yeah. But Trey ain't said shit about it yet. You think he will though? When he feels if, comfortable if, or, if or something. There is something to say. Yeah. If yeah. there's something to say. Today, luckily, him and I are so good. Mm-hmm. We're so good. So he's a part of. He's a part of it all. Mm-hmm. Like, he calls me for everything. He calls me to kick it. Like, we have that relationship. So if there's something to say, I think he'll say it to me. How good does that feel, though? Because, I mean, you've always wanted that. You've always wanted to just, you know, be there for him and... You know, be the the father and the dad figure, not just the dad at this point. So, how does that feel? I would have never been okay having child number two until me and him, him and I were okay. Oh wow! That that wasn't gonna happen. Okay. So for him and I to be good, for him to call me with all this little fuckity fuck shit, for him to be sixteen, I feel like just yesterday I was sixteen. Mm-hmm. Like I was telling Dill yesterday that shit, my kid would be seventeen. Time flies. Time flies. So for him to be a junior, then he called me the other day. He asked me, uh, what did he ask me? Called the other day and asked me for some money for something. So I thought he had a date. Mm-hmm. I was like, you got a date? He said, no, I've been hanging out at this girl's house that lives around the corner. I'm not going to date. I said, but don't you need money if you want to take the girl out, if you're hanging out with her? He said, no, she buys me tank tops and sweatpants, so I have everything I need. And I said, all right, all right, kiddo. And I just hung up and I just looked at God and I just started laughing because genetics are great. Of course, my son is getting free sweatpants and tank tops from some hoochie mama in Jersey City. <laughs> that sounds like my kid. Of course, that's all he needs. Trey is such a good kid, though. Oh, man. please. Trey is, man. Good I love Trey. Kid, man. my ass. And his Instagram is popping, too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's a part of parenting that you got to get used to, too. See, uh, our parents didn't have to deal with that. Today, you got to watch what your kids is doing on the internet. Yeah, you seem very active in his social media. Like, you, you don't skip a beat. fucking believe it. Chris Hansen should have taught us all. <laughs> These kids do some shit. I mean, shit, everybody was 16. I was sneaky as a fuck at 16. Yeah. Won't fool me, little nigga. <laughs> All right, so we're going to go into a little more of a serious topic, mental health. Oh, I thought we were just having serious topic time. <laughs> that was serious, but then mental health, you know. It's can, a little... All right, can I take a bathroom break? You can take a bathroom break. Yes. Kind of you. <laughs> that was a great countdown. We are back at the Grassroots Podcast. Chill button, Brandon Hall. They're not supposed to know we took a break. That's not how this oh, works. I share everything on my podcast. Yeah. And Full transparency. I don't hide anything from the listeners. <laughs> Johnny, you got a real easy job. This nigga just stand there and fuck like a mannequin. Touch the camera or something, nigga. John, Johnny Make it look like you adjusting a lens. <laughs> he at least got a tripod. And he's bodying your little girly tripod. 
<laughs> anyway, sorry, Johnny. You got to get a bigger tripod. That's exact. Hey, what I'm looking at with these tripods between Johnny and this gentleman is exactly why I'm going to get that $5,000 stroller. I ain't going to have nobody pull out their stroller and just their kid be flossing on my kid. <laughs> Fuck out of here. Huh? But it's closer to him. So I think it's his. <laughs> I think both of the good tripods belong to this gentleman. Look. Oh, look at that lens. Oh, Johnny, why are you here? Okay. <laughs> anyway, back to mental health, Aaron. <laughs> Wait, before that, because I did have a question about the kid, uh, the baby. Um, why did you feel it was important to uh, kind of conceal it from the public? Um, you know, because mo most people, they normally uh, are having a baby. They're excited and they just broadcast it. Why did you guys uh, hold off for a little while? Because the public are stupid. Okay. It's none of their business. I didn't know that today when you're having a baby, there's a whole baby rollout that goes on. Like, It's a thing. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know it was a thing. Yeah. Clearly, baby showers are a thing, too. I wish I was working for mine. This got a whole lot. She got elephants. <laughs> oh, my God. Tigers, all types of wild shit going on. I'll be there. <laughs> I'll be there. Yeah, I mean, I'll be there. All right, so going into mental health, why is it that mental health is still a stigma in hip-hop when there are rappers like yourself that have talked about it in their music? Uh, because who's going to ever admit that they're unfit mentally, uh, especially in hip-hop? I'm grateful today that there are as many rappers that talk about it as there are. It's a lot more today than there used to be. So if that trend can continue, then great. But who, whoever wants to talk about uh, the exact nature of what's going on with them in hip-hop, we conceal everything. In hip-hop, it was never good to be so vulnerable. That was seen as being weak. Uh, it was about who was the toughest, you know. Niggas, niggas are, niggas are killing themselves trying to stay alive with all of these fucking pills and Molly and lean and whatever the shit they're mixing. And we've seen enough death that you would think something would click, but apparently not. So we need people like me to advocate for it. We need people like shit Charles Hamilton to advocate for it. Uh, logic. Uh, Anderson Pock, Styles P, Styles P. So today there are plenty of people that are that are talking about it. Uh, don't hurt, wouldn't hurt to have some more though. Yeah, I mean, um, it seemed like obviously you identified with it throughout your years, uh, and and just growing. Uh, most importantly, like I was, I text you, I was, I was proud of you because. Um, during the, the uh, Shady Cypher on the George Washington Bridge, that was a very, very dark time that a lot of the public never knew about. There was there were so many different rumors. There were so many bad things that would happen. I always said to you, like, damn, I wish they really knew what was going on with you because it was mm -hmm. a lot. That's and then, uh, you know, when you came out and, and, and spoke about it on um, Everyday Struggle, I, I, I texted you, I said I was really proud. Like, I was happy about that. Um, what what made you get to that place of acceptance? How how did you get there to understand that you know it, I'm I don't need to be ashamed. I don't need to feel embarrassed. Like this is something that uh, we need to talk about. You know that's a good question. As open as I've been when it comes to mental health, it wasn't until uh, air quotes retirement that I was really able to dive into 
Uh, maybe some of the things that the fans have seen, i.e. that freestyle on the bridge and give some backstory to it. That would have never happened if I were still an active rapper because as an active rapper, I have to protect the everything that comes with being signed, the shady, all of the politics, all of the behind the scenes, what it takes to get the job done. As a rapper, shit changes so fast, the climate of things that you always have to focus on just getting the job done and taking care of yourself takes a backseat. Was that one of the main reasons or main issues that you have with labels is that when you're going through some hard times, you have to put your health essentially on the back burner for the sake of making money? One of the things, one of the things, uh, labels just don't really give a fuck about the best interest of the artists. And I mean, that was a problem I had for a real long time until you just understand it. And then you can't be mad at it because once you understand it, you'll see that there, there's some artists that are willingly relinquishing their rights uh, to be signed. There are some artists that don't give a fuck about putting their health on the line or, or risking their sanity to uh, to get a deal or to get a hit. Or this, this business is corroded and will it'll take hold of you if you if you let it. So I hate labels for many reasons. That just being one of them. Now, um, musically, uh, for you and, and a lot of other artists, I think, um, they try to express these emotions, feelings, things of that nature. Do you ever look at it like um, it is a cry for help, but because it's uh, you know put into a musical context, it's overlooked and looked at, at as uh, enjoyment? 100%. Music most times uh, is used, people use as an escape. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're listening to music for what for that purpose, really. Uh, so you're not really listening to really get into what is being said, uh, what is affecting the artist, what the artist is feeling or trying to convey at the time. What the artist is trying to convey and what we pull from music a lot of times will be two different things. So you got to understand that too. Was it ever hard for you to see, like when you had a friend that either was dealing with um, an addiction as a result of suppressing emotion? And did it ever, like, how did you feel about that? How did you deal with that when you see this person, literally their life is deteriorating because they're either uh, on alcohol or popping pills on the time and you want to say something, but you may not feel like it's your position to. No, I'm, I'm desensitized to it. I've seen it so much. Number one. And number two, I know you can't help anybody that don't want help. So I don't, I don't beat myself up over it. I don't guilt trip myself. If people want help, I'm always accessible. I'm always here to talk. Should I play that role for many of the people in my life? Like I'm readily available if anybody wants to have a conversation of, of some like real shit. But uh, if you don't want help, uh, I ain't I ain't forcing it on you, not at all. Have a blast. You'll get it one way or the other. God going God going to give you the information. What you do with it, something totally different. So no, I'm not forcing help on people. Yeah. Um. One of the staples uh, in your life getting out of that dark place was uh the late reverend uh of the church and um, good old ron yeah ron. rest in peace pastor ron yes how do you how do you move forward now because I, I i feel like um depression uh any of those things they're they're 
constantly, it's almost like an addiction. Like one little thing could trigger you or bring you back to a bad place. How do you now move forward uh, not having that resource that you always had? At yeah, I still have that resource, just not in the physical form. I 100% think that Pastor Ron is up there sitting next to God instructing him on the best way to take care of Joe. Okay. That, that, that's just how I see things. Uh, so I don't look at it like I don't look at it like that. Thank God today the depressing days those are those are less and less. I probably have. I mean, if we want to have a serious conversation, I maybe have three bad days a year. Now, mm-hmm. I may have three days where I wake up and it's just all bad when it's all good, where it's just for no reason at all. I'm just in a mood. Niggas got to get away from me. I'm not. I'm not feeling the greatest. I got to go talk myself off that ledge, go reach out to my network, whoever that be, my mom, dad, sponsor, whoever you got going on. But yeah, three days a year down from shit. I mean, let me think. When I wrote Black Cloud, it was probably down to, I mean, 30 something a year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you continue to work towards something like I have done since I was fucking eight years old. I would hope that the the dark days would become lesser and lesser. Mm-hmm. Let's let's go a little bit into those darkest hours. You say that they're a lot less now, but back then, in, within your music, you even talked about mm-hmm. the darkest hours about committing suicide. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how were those days back then? Like, how many days throughout the year were you feeling like that? Uh, well, let's see. Suicide, suicide, it's a suicide. We are talking, oh, we are talking anywhere from 95 to 04. And when you say suicide, let me, let me, let me try to be a bit more concise than that. Uh, when you say suicidal, that's a bit extreme. That's a bit extreme. Cause what does that, what does that mean? What does that mean to somebody who does not suffer from mental health issues? Right? I guess, I guess that's probably a conversation that needs to be had because so, so many times the people that suffer when something happens, the regular people are like, well, what the fuck? Where were the signs? Everything was fine. Why would you do something like that? Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, there there have been less than five times where I've actually attempted suicide. Though that wasn't in 03, 04, and then that Pump It Up was out. Then, But that didn't mean that the days were dark, and that didn't mean that the suicidal thoughts weren't there. Mm-hmm. So those probably left. When I say 04, that's when I didn't, I didn't really have those thoughts anymore. Do you, do you feel like that uh, that error for you, um, you know, coming into so much fame at such a young age, do you think that that started to kind of cultivate that way of thinking because it was helter skelter at that point? No, I think it convoluted things. I think it congested things. I think it made things a bit more difficult to pinpoint uh, at such a young age, but fame and money and all that stuff is just going to put a microscope on things that already exist. So I don't attribute those things to the record deal or fame or being young and not knowing how to handle it. That that stuff was there. 
you in charge of you at the end of the day. Everybody has a job to do. The record label got to put the album out, got to get the single and all that's not their job to give a fuck whether you stay alive or not. Mm-hmm. That's your job. Now, now you said that music is an, is an escape. Do you ever have a point where it didn't matter how many words you put on the paper, it just it was not getting better? Music is not an escape for me. Mm-hmm. Mu- music, I think a lot of people listen to as an escape. For me, writing is a vent. So I'm always going to try to write exactly what's going on. I'm not trying to escape shit in the, in the process of creating. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to put it all down so I can helpfully get rid of it. I'm not trying to escape it. I'm trying to embrace it. I'm trying to run into it, break it down, analyze it so it, it could stop happening. Uh, that's actually true. I just cuz I know that. I know that that's your way of thinking. Um just circling back. So how do you your your core, your team, uh family, you know, when you put these records out and you create these records, how do how do they react when they hear them for the first time and then hear some of the thoughts and some of the the things that run through your brain that you don't verbally express at times. My mom is the only person that ever says something about it. My mom and my son. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom tells me to stop talking about her in, in my music. Or if she tells me something, she'll say, don't you go put this in a song. That's what she'll do. Uh, my son will just come kick it about whatever question he has about something that he heard in a song. So mm-hmm. other than that, people don't really ask me about it. A lot of times I'll talk about somebody in a song and that person won't have any idea who the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah. You talk about me? Uh, I don't, not off the top of my head. One song so. you did. I know for a fact. We won't touch on that. You did. What song? Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I did. You did. 100%. What song? You might be wrong. <laughs> oh, no, I know for a fact. This nigga's telling me what I wrote in my song. <laughs> I know for a fact. But, all right, I just want to know the song. I don't, not the I, bar. I don't know. Then you know. I, I never they know the name know of this the song. Fuck it, so fuck No, it. I know the bar though. There's the not bar. a bar about you in mm-hmm. on anything. <laughs> well, yeah. maybe maybe not about you, but question: Who's the girl in ten minutes? Ooh, good question. <laughs> good question. <laughs> no, that's a that's a real ain't thing. Gonna answer to that question. Wow. Why I'm not, not answering? Who's the girl in ten minutes? Even though I answered it before, because I'm ashamed. And uh, yeah, or the girl from uh, or anybody from I couldn't help it. No. I'm not revealing characters from any of the songs. I'm not finishing any of the songs that fans think were not finished, like Mama said, all of me. It's over, man. It's over. Hey, I know niggas don't want to hear this. It's really <laughs> over, man. I'm having a fucking blast. <laughs> you think I'm rushing back to parks? <laughs> Y'all niggas think I'm rushing to go rhyme some syllables? Why not though? Like, really think about hey, I figured, it. And I did. I did really think about it. I don't think you did because I didn't I, really I, think about it. I hear you. What I'm saying is, there's a whole uh, body of work ah, that it, that is still wow, sitting. Humbug. <laughs> there's still a whole body of work that is sitting. That ain't that enough. Is, to get it done. It, it's enough. I, enough. I figure at this stage of the game for you. Um, there's so much more that can be done musically for you. I don't really feel like you've reached uh, your climax musically. Pause. Maybe I don't not. feel like I don't. I don't feel like you've reached. I, I think you started to peak. You're starting to peak, especially with Rage in the Machines. And that may sound biased, just because you know I'm cruel, but I I still feel like that was the turning point. And I feel like that kind of puts you in a different light. And then you're just going to walk away. You're just going to hang up the jersey. Well, I've had these conversations with myself. And if I am going to walk away and hang up the jersey, 
boy, what a great verse to end on. That last verse on Idols over that Tevin hit. That's a great way to end. I'm not even mad at ending like that. That's one. Two, I'm sure I'll rap. I'm a rapper. I'm an MC. I don't know if I will release said music. I'm being perfectly honest with you. We had this conversation too. Uh, <laughs> I don't so- know if I release music. But if I do release music, whenever that day comes, just know now it's coming as my ninth, tenth, and eleventh form of income. And it's mm-hmm. not it's not a project out of necessity to live. It's back to creating in the purest form of creating. Just yeah. whenever you feel like it, whatever you feel like it, no thought about how it's received, what anybody else is doing. It's art in its purest form. I live for it. So we got, I guess we got to ask him this question. We asked Royce this. Yeah. So then what about when, about Slaughterhouse's album? What about it? Like if it drops, is that is it just gonna be more of like a fun thing, a passion? Well, Slaughterhouse or just... is always fun. That's always fun. Man, stop. Get to the shit, man. Answer our question. Are you gonna rap, man? I'm sick of this. I'm sick of this. I'm getting upset. I'm getting upset. Question. There's a whole body of work. I've talked to every shady uh, exec, every shade of you, all all of (laughs) y'all. What what is the problem? How come how how can we get this project? The problem is people are busy. I mean, I know nobody wants to say. Well, actually, Crooked has said that. I think Royce has said that. Royce said it. Crook alluded to. People are busy. That's just the bottom line. Some people feel a way about people being busy. But, I mean, there's nothing wrong when people are busy. The truth of the matter is, for for a lot of years, uh, Royce, myself, Crook, and Joel, anytime it was time for Slaughterhouse to get together, we dropped everything and we got together because that's how passionate we are about the culture and about music and about each other. We are all adults. At some point, you're not able to just drop everything you're doing and form like Voltron. It doesn't mean that the brotherhood is lost. It doesn't mean that you're retired and not going to make music. It just mean that the pace of which said music is going to come or that we're going to interact or that we're going to be able to spend time together. It's very different. Royce, Royce's family is expanding. My family is expanding. Like, what? <laughs> like I have a day job. <laughs> Yeah, I can't fly to Detroit on Monday and rap for two weeks. I can't. That has to be scheduled differently. I've changed managers. Like fucking, the communication is different. Like I don't, I don't know. But that none of that says to me anything is wrong. The only time we think anything is wrong with Slaughterhouse is when somebody makes it seem like something is wrong with Slaughterhouse. But nothing is wrong. Yeah, I don't think anybody at this point thinks anything is wrong, especially because they you just guys want some music. I understand yeah. it. I understand yeah. it, but I mean, there's an album sitting somewhere. Well, that's my issue, and it's good. <laughs> it's a damn good album. <laughs> and I know Royce and Crook and these niggas then got together and recorded some extra shit to add. They could send it to me. I'll slap some verses together. We'll get it done. But that's the creative side. That's the creative side of things creatively the four of us can get together at any point and do music in a very short span of time it's the business the politics the behind the scenes again that's with complex that's with slaughterhouse it took me a little bit but i have finally come into businessman joe mm-hmm. that, i mean that's what that's what it is i keep talking about retirement and, and the complex all this shit is cool but the business of joe button goes different today because i carry it 
different today. I'm not, the, the leash is a lot shorter today. So when a slaughterhouse conversation comes up, they may confuse my business awareness with lack of passion. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just, ha- I just have questions about how we're going about the business side. <laughs> gotcha. Which I think is important. I mean, um, a lot of people focus on negative things about you. And I don't really think they highlight enough positive things you, you do. It's cool. They're going to all, they're not going to have a choice after I'm dead. You got to do it after I'm dead. I will leave you no choice but to highlight all the great about Joe after I'm gone. I don't care about what y'all do while I'm here. Y'all can lie. So you'd rather, because I've, and me and you again have had this conversation, but I just feel like I wish people knew more of the good side of you than the negative that's always portrayed. Like I, I never, every guest that we've had on from Parks, Felicia, they've all uh, kind of said things that alluded to you being a focal point. Parks being one, you know, he, he said you were the first person that kind of gave him his real shot and that kind of changed everything for him. Mm-hmm. Me, I've said that, you know, repeatedly mm-hmm. um but if, if i feel like that's always overlooked for you it's it's always like a negative thing that follows it why don't you ever work hard oh, to just change no. that that I stigma because i hate when people do that i hate when people do that i don't i don't do it for props i don't do it for recognition i don't do it for other people to know <laughs> like i do it because i'm a creator mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't do it to get credit for it like, I hated Parks when I met Parks. Just, I know. He, he knows that. Y'all know that. Yeah. Yeah. But there was something in Parks. There was something in you. There was something in, in fucking anybody you name. And there's been quite a few of them. There was something in them. There was something to see that maybe you had to look a little deeper, but it was there. Who the, if anybody is going to look deeper to see something be there, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be me? Yeah. The guy who looks a certain way until you look deeper? <laughs> yeah. So it seems like people are just confusing how that approach, like your passion for something that's negative. It's kind of like with coach. Like if a coach is hard on you, it's because they actually care. Mm-hmm. If they if they didn't care, they're not going to be saying anything to you. And then the player eventually makes it to the NBA and looks back and says, "Wow, thank you to the high school coach that really fucking shaped me up when I didn't know any better and I hated you back then." But I don't get where I am today without that. Yeah, same exact fucking thing. That's a that's a good point. So I mean, moving forward for you, right? You have all these things in line. Um, your business is in line. When when as you go and try to, or I'll, I'll say attempt to, because we gotta sharpen that up. But when you go to talk to the younger rappers what are some of the things that really really are important to you that they should be focusing on that they may not even think is pertinent they have to well that's that's my message to them you have to focus on everything (laughs) my message is even though you hire people to focus on things you have to focus on them too because you won't always be up and the goal is to get old (laughs) That's the goal. I don't know why all the new kids, oh, you old rappers, shut the fuck up. Huh? Y'all want the old rappers to shut up? That should be the last thing niggas want. Yeah, that's what Redman said. I cannot wait till some of these young rappers 
are the older rappers. It's the same thing I said when I was the only nigga uh, that was on from Jersey City and I was dealing with a bunch of that shit. I was like, I can't wait till another one of you Jersey City niggas get on. Y'all gonna really understand that. I say the same thing for these niggas. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna be 50. I'm gonna put out fucking 555 the album or some (laughs) shit. And I'm gonna be looking to see what all the little young niggas is doing. It's gonna be great. (laughs) <laughs> what did you think about Ho's album? Ho's album is great. I love Ho's album. How how is that relationship now? Because I mean, a lot has changed. Again, we don't have a relationship. <laughs> I, I know. We we watch <laughs> each other, <laughs> and that's the creepy thing. That's the creepy we, thing. We watch you, each other. You watch what he's doing. He'll subliminally tweet mouse, or he'll follow you, and then man. unfollow you on Twitter. These are these are things that he's done. I think, um, I think me and Hove have, have a lot in common today. Mm-hmm. Today, in my fake retirement and in his fake retirement, I think we're both happier than we've ever been. I think with our, both of our families expanding, I think we're both happier than we've ever been. Mm-hmm. I think with both of us having endured all that we've endured in the business, we're both trying to give back. To the newer acts. I, I, there's a lot of similarities between Hov and myself today. I think that's really funny considering our history. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Considering the history and, and the subliminals. But he's going through that same thing now, especially with the money phone thing. And he was like, I'm I'm not even uh, talking yeah. about you guys. Like, I'm trying to just get, tell you guys that there's a, a better that's way it. of doing things. That is And all. it's being... You know, misconstrue, and I feel like you—you you obviously gone through that with uh, what was the kid's name on Everyday Struggle? Um, oh, which one? Yachty, I think it is. Or yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. with Yachty, the message was there. I, I, but and I guess because I know you, I understood it. I was like, yo, he's just trying to get this kid to focus. He doesn't know what the business is like. And he just is looking at the delivery of it, the representation yeah. of just, what he's passionate. talking about. He's yeah. passionate. He was passionate. He took it and the wrong way. That was my first interview. I was extremely passionate. You know, if I ever speak to Yadi again, I think I'll be able to deliver the point a bit a bit calmer. But the point will still stand. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's the thing. Often too oftentimes everybody listens to the uh ignores the message and just uh stares at the messenger. I outside of that being my first interview, outside of the delivery, that point was poignant. Yeah. Now back to everyday struggle of obviously Migos. Why was that such a, a, a thing? You know, there's been so many different rumors between, oh, uh, something was said about Cardi B. Then they were saying that uh, Migos, they had an issue prior to, and it was just a bad night. They inherited the Yachty beef, which I don't really know what the Yachty beef is because I that's was what I'm saying. I didn't Yachty good advice. But yeah. whatever happened from there, there was a Yachty beef. They're, they're managed by the same crew. They're on the same team. So... I never met Migos at all, but Migos inherited. The oh, that was Yachty your beef. first time actually meeting them, and I don't know them niggas. Oh, uh, okay. So when they come up, now mind you, Yachty had already walked by ten minutes before. He ain't say hi to Act, and them two is buddy buddy. So when he just walked right by Act, I already know what's going on. Migos ain't far behind him. It's the same crew. You gotta walk, gotta walk together, and he ain't say hi to Act. All right. But all you niggas is groupies, and y'all dying to talk to Migos. Y'all cannot wait to talk to Migos. Even though we already had a meeting about who to talk to and who not to talk to, I already said no to everybody. 
Y'all want a dick ride, and that's fine. But Nadeska's done carpets before. That's Axe's first time on a carpet. It was our show's first time on a carpet, and red carpets can be intense. Mm-hmm. They can be all over the place. And whatever plan you had, throw it out the window. Because the red carpet is not time for a plan. You better be quick, spontaneous, get them in, get them out, get to the meet, and let's get going. Here come Migos. Y'all saw what happened from there. I wasn't about to go for it. Get y'all asses the fuck off this set. And I felt fine with that. We have no history. I don't know y'all. I've done nothing to y'all. What are y'all mad at? Well, I mean, I guess, again, it's one of those things where, uh, and I feel like. It's one uh, of those things with some popping niggas is used to niggas sucking their dick. Yeah, that's and what I'm saying. I'm from say. the old You're school. You're the one person that has said, uh, no, I'm not feeling this shit. Yeah, I'd, and, have been, and, I'd have been more excited if Diggable Planets were sitting there. I could give two fucks about the Migos. It's not because I'm a hater. That's just who I am. I don't, I don't subscribe to that. Niggas, niggas bleed. Mm hmm. What am I supposed to be excited? There's some niggas with blouses and stand here. Get these fucking niggas out of here. <laughs> and I like their music. <laughs> that was I, one of the things what? I would say you do nah, say you the like problem, their music. Because the problem is, I like music. Niggas like people. I don't care nothing about the people. I care about the music. Do I still get the music? Mm-hmm. Do I like the music? Wonderful. I'm not supporting people. Yeah. Yeah. It also seems like every time there's a guest now, they're trying to like step up to you or step up to the other mm-hmm. host. Like you had Russ who came in, then also Vince Staples too. And so Slow it, Bro. Vince Staples yeah. Ross, my guy. So it's like they come on, I guess well, for you it I guess it's like a good challenge. But everyone I that comes it. on, they 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 have an agenda. They're ready to battle well, it out. I think that's kind of the atmosphere that we create too though we create that sense of barbershop talk free flowing just say whatever you can curse say whatever criticize other artists let's talk about topics like I don't know too many other shows where act is going to come in here like that it's really not a Mm -hmm. lot of shows that give you that leverage but there will be soon not not today you're right there there aren't but the the future of media is this is what we're doing right now is is people being uncensored and unfiltered is that's where it's going mm-hmm. it's already in politics so well yeah that's that's a whole so gonna that, that's a whole over. another thing word politics. <laughs> 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 that is crazy <laughs> i never touch politics on my podcast ever just because first of all there's too many things to keep up with <laughs> yeah and i don't feel like dealing with the fucking i never want to talk to the white kids that's going to come tell me that I'm wrong in my oppression. (laughs) (laughs) Podcast talk, right? Again, another big thing for you guys. You guys recently were at a Highline Ballroom sold out event. Hey! Um, Congrats. That was was amazing. Great, 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 great show. Talk to me about the evolution in, in your podcast. How have you managed to still stay relevant with uh, all the other competing brands. And then talk to us about title, this this mystery bag. Uh, I don't know what other brands are competing because I'm only looking at our shit. Uh, after year one, I got with, I sat with uh, Madi and Rory and I tried to figure out how we could grow the podcast, spread awareness, grow the numbers. And 
you know, whatever we came up with, that didn't work. It didn't work. Uh, time is really what what did it. Staying consistent. I had a whole bunch of great ideas that I thought would be innovative in podcast world, but really it was just time and good content delivering week after week after week. There's so many other good podcasts, and like Nori recently said, the best podcast changes every week. So, you know, you got me, you got Nori, you got fucking Elliot, everything the title's doing over there. And title did make an offer. A few people have made offers about the podcast. I'm just arrogant with the podcast. So I know what our numbers are worth. Mm -hmm. So I'm still Mr. Independent in my mind. I'm not in a rush to take any bag from anybody. When so, the deal is right, I'll take it. So yeah. Ice touched on this a little bit in his podcast. I'm curious to know what your thoughts are. Where do you see podcasts like evolving? Like, where do you see it going? Oh, I see it. I can't say. I will not say. That is the only thing I won't say. Because podcasts are one of the things. Podcasts, well, streaming period. And podcasts is indeed streaming. That's in a transition period. With so many different people trying to figure out what the next phase of it is. How do you really capitalize off of it? I think I have a good idea of it. I will never say it on a podcast. Because all the podcasters listen to fucking podcasts. Now, if y'all want to kick it with me after off air, that's fine. This is my man. So y'all can kick it with me anytime. I'm not telling these niggas a fucking thing. They're going to have to create Create, sit in your fucking thoughts and figure it out. All that guest-based, all that, I don't know what these niggas are doing. I have a plan. Well, it, it sounds like it. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, you know I got a plan. If I have <laughs> nothing else, I got a plan. Yeah. Evolution. Hey! <laughs> Yo, too bad we didn't have the intro play because he probably would have jumped He would have ad-libbed over. He would have ad-libbed over. Oh, that been oh, Y'all would so ad-libbed. trash. Y'all <laughs> trash. Why didn't the intro play? Because yeah, y'all trash. The, nah, the same for part the two. Nigga, the nigga in Nutley thug jaw. <laughs> man. <laughs> Fam. Hey. It's got to happen sometime, man. We already trashed him in our last podcast episode we just did and there. Oh, and he still punked y'all. That's crazy. Nah, we, well, he'll hear it. Oh, Johnny's know. touching the camera finally. Great. <laughs> it's finally. We're, we're wrapping up, Johnny, but thanks. Evolution. All right. Chain smoke. Very important record for you. What is this guy? Not I, I have to double back. Means. I have to. These are things that people want to hear about. Retirement. <laughs> I, I've been telling people I'm going to squeeze an album out. We have to. Just Re- one. Retirement. In retirement, though, right? It's the same way when, when players hang up their jerseys and then come back. As you're now media man air quotes do you think it's going to be difficult if you choose to go back and transition back to rapping and it's putting going out product to be difficult because i have talked too much shit about too many people mm-hmm. so now they're all waiting for me to fail or do something where they can say i failed correct i don't give a fuck i don't care i've rap better than niggas Whenever I rap again, I'm still going to rap better, niggas. I know. I've been rapping in my bathroom to see. <laughs> <laughs> what y'all thought? I was just going to pop out? 
with a verse, not know how it's gonna come out. Let y'all hear. Oh, Joe Trash now. Oh no, bitches. I'm still nice. Even in retirement. God damn it. Go ahead and say something stupid, one of you niggas. I would I'm I'm so surprised that you haven't responded to a lot of people. Oh, Russ, oh, fucking, oh, you are not the, surprised the, I did not respond to Russ. Well, I'm not really surprised. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. But I'm, what I'm saying is the old you I, I would have had the call and like, yo, just chill. Johnny would have been on the phone, like, we don't need to do this. Like, let's just let's just chill. <laughs> old All me. of us would have been like, yo, just just chill. You would be like, fuck that. I think, we going. I think old me would have laughed at that Russ this. What year old you? Old me. Oh, what year old me? You yeah, because uh, there's a difference. Uh, shit. Oh eight, oh nine, oh ten. Well, ain't nigga ain't say nothing. Every day struggle, child. Would you like me to tell you? I could tell you that 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 bar is coming. The everyday struggle, Joe Budden bar from rappers. Oh, don't get too witty on them. The <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Everyday struggle, Joe Button. That's that's your creative proudness. <laughs> so let's get away from the disses. Okay. So who are some rising talent that you think that we should pay attention to? Uh, uh, <laughs> how do I know who y'all should pay attention to? Rising talent. Uh, does genre matter? No, no. Uh, all right. I've been giving this answer a lot lately, but I'm still rolling. It's Daniel Caesar. His album's great. It's amazing, and he's a great guy. He's definitely amazing. Plan on working with him? <laughs> yeah, actually. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, there's still hope. Oh no, not music. Uh. <laughs> 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 no, not music. But I do have some work planned with Daniel Caesar. I don't care about that shit. I don't care <laughs> me if I'm going to work with him. I am. He's on the business side now. Rhapsody. Talk to us about this, Rhapsody. This man, I love that album. Yeah. I've let Rye Guy hear the album two times today. He likes it as well. And for a white guy, that's pretty big. Pause. Rhapsody's a good album, man. Knife, Knife Wonder hit me last night. He's trying to get me to remix one of these records, man. I'm retired. Nobody knows what retirement means. I think I think you're missing nice, the point. Damian I think you I think you're missing the point. Don't you no, think it's I think y'all are missing the goddamn <laughs> point, damn it. Y'all ain't gonna I've been rapping for 20 years. Now I'm retired. Everybody want a Joe verse? Suck my dick. <laughs> You've always <laughs> wanted that respect though. Oh, like no, you always please. garnered that respect. So now to have people like Ninth Wonder, Just Blaze, you were supposed to do an album with him, and I think Fab at one point. Uh, now you have Ninth, you have uh Berg. They all are just giving you records because they because don't want to lose that. Read. Let's say it together, people. <laughs> it ain't but three syllables. Re, come on, tire. What's come on, man? What does that mean? Why do people? I'm. I am gonna do my Damian Lillard verse though. He's getting a verse. Yeah, because that's fucked up. I'm giving him his verse. But outside of that, I don't know why people act like they don't know what retirement means. I'm chilling. I'm chilling. I'm having a baby. I got a job. Leave me alone. <laughs> the fuck about some music? It's a good problem to have. Fuck music. 
So also uh, tying into the retirement, I know before you had uh, polyp and issues. Do you still have any of those mm, issues now? I don't know. I'm retired. All right. No, 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 no. The polyp didn't contribute to retirement at, at all. If I want to, my voice, shit, you could punch in every bar. So no, but the polyp is still there, but it, it doesn't bother me at all. All right. He's I'm next. just looking at Brandon's face right now. <laughs> what I would have to be really active vocally for the polyp to become an issue. So when I was rapping, yes, it was an issue, but not enough to push me into retirement. You know, you drink water, you fucking moisturize your vocal cords and shit. You shut your ass up for a little bit. You don't hit any high notes and your polyp is cool. Yeah. All right. Last music question, because I'm I'm curious to know what you think. Even though I think I, I know the answer, but let's shoot for it. So there was a- Hated it! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There was a what? You saw the uh, the tweet, and I thought this is a really good question uh, on Instagram. It said, "If Pac and, and Biggie got into your car, what album would you play?" I want to flip that question. If let's say your core fans got where they were able to get into a van <laughs> with Pac and, and Biggie, what would be the album that they would play first for them? Uh, for Pac and Big. Mm-hmm. What would be the album I would play first? No, that your friend, your fans would play, and then I was going to ask what you would I play. have no idea what my fans do. My fans are fucking lunatics and nutcases. I cannot <laughs> speak for them, even though I am a lunatic, lunatic and nutcase. Uh, see, look. Uh, <laughs> let me see. Um, I don't know. Do I have to answer this? Yes. It might be damn. I would want them to be... I would play something that would... Uh, Make them privy to what's going on in our current state, uh, not only musically but consciously. Wait, you said damn. I'm talking about your music. Oh, I don't know. I don't care about that. I don't care if they heard my music. Huh? I don't have a care if everybody ever heard my music. <laughs> oh my God. Never mind. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to force me to answer the question, which obviously you are, um, uh, probably, probably move music. All of Lost. All love loss. Yeah, I'm going all love loss. Some love loss, all love loss. I'm combining the two. I would say that. Them niggas gonna feel that. Yeah, I thought all love loss actually. Um but yeah, and, and you answered the second question with damn. I agree with that. I think that's a great body of work. Mm-hmm. Um I mean I don't have anything else. Y'all well, covered everything. Shit. <laughs> Your suicide, you tried to get me to cry, you tried to get me to rap. No. <laughs> We we wanted to Try bring to light. This niggas, <laughs> y'all niggas you talked about my kid, my unborn kid. You tried to get my uh, oldest kid to hate my unborn kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot went on here. B, B, we'll talk about this tomorrow. Oh but my this was god, great. this is great. We'll talk about this in the morning. Uh, seriously, thank you. You no, no, you've, no, thank you've you. welcomed us in your home. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been great. Uh, we we obviously we've been trying to plan this for a while. And yeah. um, we appreciate the opportunity. Yes. Worry, I'm sure I'll be back here again at some point. Hopefully, we won't have this little Belkin toy here. Yeah. Stop talking about it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. This nigga still ain't touched the camera. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm Brandon Killer BHR. I can I'm see Aaron why Ashley I never Simon. hired Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> and that is Joe Budden. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a wrap. And it's still no applause. <laughs> Grassroots <laughs> Podcast.